What's up, guys? Back again with the RMR Podcast, episode 17, and I'm Mitch Pfeiffer. And I'm Jay Ping. Jay Ping, Joey, what is going on, man? How are you living right now? Man, I'm checking in all the way. We went to Kushstock Festival this last weekend. I picked up some Fuego. We got some Pistol Point. We got some Dolce & Banana. We got some 24K from DNA Genetics. The shit's real deal, Holyfield. It's terpenes. It's it's just wow. All the sweet is pretty good. I'm not a huge fan of the garlic, but it was still smacking, man. It just is because it makes me sleepy. And then we also got got some Claiborne. So we're gonna we're gonna get high on this episode today. We're gonna get high today. So for the people out there that are not in the California market or not privy, Kushdog was a very large uh, of cannabis event, one of the first major ones back at what Alameda? Is that where's that? Alameda? No, 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 Adelanto. It's over Adelanto. in the uh, yeah, over in the the high desert. I guess is what it's called. Okay, Adelanto, uh, the stadium, and then cannabis was there for legal purchase, or it was it was available for legal purchase. There was distributions, there was deliveries, there was retailers popping up. You could buy on site at the booth. Handling cash, man. Farmers market style, man. It was for, and card, card readers is a thing in California. I know used to. I don't know if it is still in Washington. I know it was when I was attending. But man, to be able to take debit and credit card and Bitcoin in some cases at an event, come on, bro. Yeah. It's twenty. It's twenty twenty one full throttle, bro. And that is, you know, I didn't even have this on the agenda, but that's a great topic around cannabis events being that I'm, you know, we're currently looking for a venue for some things. And in Washington, people that have liquor licenses and deal with the LCB don't even want to handle things with cannabis involved at all because it could potentially threaten their liquor license. Whereas in yeah. California through the BCC, correct, right? Bureau of Cannabis Control. BCC, yeah. You can actually get a cannabis event license to throw a cannabis event where on-site consumption is 100% legal. And you can also get licenses to have an on-site dispensary type pop-up setup or delivery exactly to that, that event. So you can throw an actual event, buy weed at set of, it could be a concert. You could buy weed at said concert uh, in a dispensary type format, pop-up dispensary type format, or get it delivered there and then consume it on-site, all legally, all within the laws taxpayer dollars get involved up here in washington we do not have any of that and it is a damn shame bro i can tell you from sitting here right now that it is exceptionally cool to be slinging weed at an event while you're standing there smoking it while you're standing there drinking it while you're standing there eating it and while the vip booth for all the vendors is standing there serving it to you yeah we had it every kind of way you can imagine I got high, I got low, I got sideways, I went right, I went left. I, it was 100 degrees. I drank all the water in the world and talked to as many booths as I could. And I've spent a solid two, $300 on a lot of weed. And it was all 50 to 60% off. Event prices in the building. It was so dope, man. It was so dope. And yeah, and so for brands and spots, brands that want to be get reach consumers can not only just sponsor there and show their logo off and their swag, they can actually sell stuff, sell it at a discount to introduce new people to new products, new brands, get them to know. It's just super great. I mean, it's a super good thing for the commerce and just the industry of cannabis. You know, 
Washington will likely come around whenever individuals that are passionate about it have the money and time to fight for that legislation to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really all it would take. Sadly, it's a lot of work. Um, so I don't know when we'll see that, who will be the one that pushes that. Most of the advocacy uh, groups are pushing for other things that are a little bit more pressing uh, for consumer rights or to have. Could you, could you just imagine Hempfest? Could you just imagine? It would bring Hempfest back. Hempfest has not been Hempfest since legalization. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't always just a ton of sales. You know, brands were never just behind booths slanging right. packs like Hempfest compared to like, you know, cannabis cups and these sessions and things like that in LA and in California. But, but the reality is um, there's just so much to be gained from, you know, the, the, the ability to do commerce in person and, the uh there are and i think it goes to the you know the whole concept of patient access as well i think not having events is a significant limit on patient access right. um even if it's a matter of like educational events with tasting with no sales there's got to be some kind of way some kind of conversation in washington i don't think the right people are having the conversations i think they're just beating a dead horse yeah yeah no no you you i mean hempfest what's funny about hempfest is pre-legalization all of the people that are in the industry now were there they weren't necessarily having booths i mean some of them were but they were there it was a community it was a culture and then when legalization came and lcb put a lot of restrictions on brands getting involved what they could do this and that and you look at the cost of sponsoring that event it just doesn't really make sense for a lot of cannabis companies but also you know from us being marketing nerds a lot of people don't leverage it properly it could be as absolute steal of an opportunity for the right person with the right activation but in the general sense of the the community and the industry it just doesn't have the same appeal you don't get the industry involved then you don't have as much of the culture you know the hardcore people in the culture and it's just gone a little bit downhill but hopefully washington can see cannabis events vending i mean could you imagine the gorge having you know just like outside lands like the gorge having a you know the bar area on one side and then the dispensary and smoke uh, rumor, rumor has it, rumor has it, we're headed there in terms of you know Live Nation down the road getting cannabis friendly. But until their insurance policies and the people that run those ships change, the event people are in the grasp. They're they're in the grip of what's federally legal or not because of insurance. Yep, yep, yep. So what it comes down to, everybody, it's a ma it's a matter of business. Well, it's, and, and it's it's crazy. It's a federal thing for, the, like you're saying, the insurance, the big money, multinational company, you know, or a multinational company. If you deal with multiple states, you can't just adhere. You need to adhere to federal regula regulation. But then when you look at other things, there's a state le layer of legislation, and then there's city or county, um, yeah. which is why you see, like for you, you going up to Kushstock, Kushstock, uh, Adelante has been very friendly. Adelanto. Adelanto. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm that over and <laughs> Adelanto is very friendly to cannabis. It is reliant upon cannabis taxation. There are quite literally hundreds of thousands of square footage of canopy there. It's where a lot of facilities um, grows, indoor, greenhouse, you name it. You can grow year round there in the desert and the right with the right environments. And there are a lot of very wealthy uh, business owners there. Brands are out there for sure. And that stadium particularly, to that point of like legislation being unique uh, from city to city, you know, county to county. We were there at Kushstock. 
Adelanto, the city, the town, the, the police, whatever it is. We have a weed event going on in a stadium. 15,000 people are there buying, selling, exchanging, consuming. And in the main parking lot, they allowed street racers and drifters and car people to safely do their thing in a pop-up track. So to me, it's a very unique situation when you look at the way the, uh, you know, the various economies are across the country from, again, from city to city, county to county. You guys, you know, there's not very many people being creative and cannabis or dangerous, you know, automotive sports. Those are avenues and people are going to do them either way. You know, these are these are traditional markets, traditional activities. And, you know, creating a safe environment for these people uh, is something that we've got to create more access for. Yeah, people are going to do I mean, cannabis. And that's the crazy thing. People are going to consume cannabis regardless, whether it's legal or illegal. And then in states where it's legal, there's crazy confusing legislation regulation laws that prohibit the act of smoking like in the state of washington i believe the only place that you can legally smoke is out of the public view in a private residence but if you live in like a downtown seattle how many private residences allow smoking inside you know the majority of condos and townhomes and apartments are have fire fights against the fire code to smoke anywhere and anything inside so while it's legal to buy cannabis and it's legal to smoke cannabis, there is a very limited place where you can actually legally smoke, um, which is just kind of is kind of crazy. They need to define that. It's, to be real, it's almost illegal how how, how messed up that is. In my yeah, it's it, it doesn't make sense. But again, it's not that big of a conversation. Salute. California's had such a strong cannabis culture, even when it wasn't legal. Right. The state had such a strong culture that. When with legalization, they've just been on the on the precipice of like or leading the charge in terms of getting access to people, allowing multiple business types um, and allowing people to consume cannabis. There's definitely plenty of things that are wrong. I'm not trying to just hype cannabis up, but uh, or California up. There's 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 there. You know, we all they all these industries have their own faults and all their own positives and negatives. Um you know, there's something to be said about the majority of counties in California are still not giving access to patients. But, you know, right. everybody, think, everybody thinks we have it so good here. Right. Um, when in reality, a lot of people have to go and drive, you know, far places or or leave leave their homes and leave their cities, you know, just to go get access to, to affordable cannabis. And even then, you know, California pricing is significantly different, although the taxation is similar how it's implemented and integrated into the actual market is astronomically different. A 38% tax on a $60 eighth in California means that there is roughly 40% tax added on top of the $60, which, which to those of you who are bad at math, 40% of $60 is roughly $24. So you really got to think about, you know, or at least, you know, be appreciative of, of whatever it is that your system is, you know, whatever it is that your reality is in terms of cannabis. Appreciate that now because it's drastically going to change over the next five years. It could be good. It could be bad. It could go cheap. It could be affordable. But from what we've seen, most markets start off expensive and then it's a race to the bottom. And then good cannabis stabilizes between thirty five and seventy five dollars and eight. And, and, you got, and you got like once federal legalization comes on, there's going to be a Fed tax, you know, so there's going to be another 10 percent on that, you know, 50 percent. Half of what you're paying is going to go to tax dollars, which is absolutely absurd. Absolutely yeah. absurd. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, Shout for example, out. like this right here, right? This is Claiborne. I think this this particular eighth sells for between you know forty and fifty dollars an eighth, depending on the store. But you add on the tax, and it's a sixty dollar eighth, right? Yeah, it's a sixty five dollar eighth. You then buy the sixty five dollar eighth version of this, which is or sixty dollar eighth version of it, which is right here. And the dip, you know, it's better genetics, probably grown similar style, probably grown in a similar room, if not the same room, right? Just different different genetics, and Fed tax gonna cause these items to get more expensive. Good yeah. products, can't fault the products, but when you look at the way the structure is just set up, it's not friendly. So yeah, that gets us. That's actually a good tangent, uh, a good tangent for us to get to our next little topic, our first real topic of the day, which is the history of seven ten. And we have the rumor from the Orange County, Long Beach County homie that says, you know, dabs and concentrates and obviously, you know, SoCal weed culture was a big, um, uh, for lack of a better word, and to kind of quote Colin, a big purveyor of this dab culture. And there was obviously 420, which was the big smoking holiday, but where was the oil holiday? And enter 710, oil flipped upside down. Yeah, and that's that's simply what it is. Some people say, oh, it's oil backwards. Incorrect. You just take, you know, if you have a cannabis jar that says oil on it and you turn that jar upside down, it will read 710. Um, it's uh, not, not, not the most innovative of uh, terms, but definitely quickly been a marketing, uh, you know, holiday for the cannabis industry marketing dream, you know. Um, it gives them another day of the year to to blow out product um, and an emphasis on blowing out concentrates, which is one of the easiest product categories to scale in this industry. Um, so it's interesting that that specific category got its own day. But if you look at it, it's funny. You know, they always say, well, they had 420 and they need, they create another holiday. Kansas industry also does Black Friday. So it's like they needed three days a year to do some crazy they ass. Don't do Black Friday. It's called Green Friday. You're right. Green Friday. How how. How creative. Um, hey, man. No, I mean, yeah, it, I, I dig in. It's, it's weird, you know. So we, we tried looking up the the origin of 710, expecting some sort of crazy story. You know, the history of 420, there's a couple different variations. There's one out there that's credited of being, uh, you know, the, the somewhat official one by many people. Uh, but 710, there's nothing out there. There's rumors of where it started, you know, when it started, I think I 2011 is around when people, st you know, when it started popping up, which is right around the time, you know, dabs in the medical market started to, to really pop, you know, become popular. Yeah. Right. Right. Really started picking up around, around 2011, you know, some people that were early on, it might be like 2009. Um, but not very many people were on, on to even knowing what dabs are or seeing them until 2010, 2011. Um, and even at that point, you know, it's a medical only thing. So only medical patients um, or people had that access. Well, the majority of people, because I mean, back then, right, dispensaries would give you a free dab on the way out. I think that's how really a lot of people got introduced to it. Yeah. I mean, that, to be real, that's how a lot of people got introduced to a lot of things, right? Sampling strains, trying new flavors. You know, my couple, I can't tell you guys the first you know, five out of the first 15 dispensaries I went to uh, in California were, you know, those trap shops, the medical classic California shops selling 500 to 1,000 milligram fake ass products, unsafe ass fucking vapes and weed that just looked like 
man, like it was straight out of someone's trunk. Like it was just sad to be there, you know? And, uh, you know, for people out there to judge, right? Oh, you just, you know, got introduced to these dabs at dispensaries. I got a whole fucking second freezer filled with shit I got introduced to at Costco. So, and I'm sure anybody out there passing judgments got the same thing. So, you know, getting samples at stores is a traditional retail experience. It's not just a cannabis thing. You go to Total, you go to Total Wine on a Friday and they have liquor samples. Fred Meyer uh, has sampling programs. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's plenty other sampling programs out there. Um, but that is definitely, you know, my introduction to dabs was, um, I've probably seen it once or twice at a friend's house, but I uh, got introduced to it in, at, at a medical dispensary. Um, bro, my first dab. Oh my God. 710 stories, bro. My first dab. I did a dab at, at Nancy's house on Yancey street, man. Nancy shout out, shout out Nancy on Yancey street, bro. Ooh. West Seattle. Shout out Junebug. Shout out Joe, the pro shout out all those cats from those days, man. I know all of us ain't talking to shit no more, but, Shout out to all those people, bro. That was a whole era for us, bro, because that shit really introduced me to cannabis. Those cats in West Seattle really put me onto the world of weed. You know, Joe was really uh, one of the people that helped me get an understanding of, like, how it could be used, you know, it, to not just be stoned. You know what I mean? To, to yeah. really kind of make you better to go work out or to do things. Um, you remember Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so I remember, you know, taking – I remember going to his house – and uh, we going up. We went over to Nancy's house. She was the one that we used to always buy these, you know, all the weed from and shit for the deals. You went to her crib, and it was like this super hippie lady. She walked around barefooted and shit all day, every day. And she was kind of, you know, grungy and granola and shit. And uh, she would pull out like eight or nine different QP jars. You know what I'm saying? And I remember they pulled out the dab rig, and we're like, Joe, you need the dab. Did the dab? Blast off. And then we drove back from where she lived underneath the West Seattle Bridge, which is like a race car track. If you know how to drive that bitch, you whip through that shit. And I, I felt like I was in Gran Turismo, the little video, you know, the video, the need for speed game. And you're driving it, you know, when you're at the bowling alley, you get racing cars and shit. Like, I swear, bro, that was crazy. And then I got back to Joe's house. They started playing 2K and I just fell over and fell asleep. And I woke up like exactly two or three hours later. Man, that was my first dab. <laughs> my, my first dab was in the the back of a dispensary in North Seattle, uh, medical dispensary, straight, straight out of the Pyrex. There was a, a rack, a metal rack, where they had Pyrexes with the oil in it, and then they had the metal tubes stuffed with trim right there, getting ready to take wherever they blew it at. And this dispensary in the back had a had a, uh, a vent that sucked up in the back room. So they'd like, smoke in the back room and it'd take it up. Anyways, he loaded me up uh, a dab. You know, I'd seen it a couple of times. I tried it. I, I started coughing instantly and was coughing so hard. I also had like drool coming out and I couldn't gather myself and like close my mouth. So I just hovered over his sink with drool just running out just coughing my eyes were watering and I just everyone around me is like are you gonna finish that finish that and I like I can't I can't and then you know the, the chance you know you know they're like you know you can finish that clear it don't be a bitch and I went I tried took half a breath and then I just bro it more saliva tears um I couldn't clear it. I don't even know how I probably only got like a quarter of the smoke out of that thing damn uh, 
Bro, I was so I was so keyed. I was starving before I did that. I couldn't eat for like an hour and a half after that. Um, I could not drive. I did not even want to be in a vehicle. Um, yeah, I couldn't drive after the dab. The first, the, then what was crazy too? My one of like the second or third times I ever dab, I went to that Rainier Market uh, in in Seattle. I remember where we used to go get the, the the packs and stuff like that, right there off the freeway and shit. Um, I mean, I went in the farmer's market there because they always had people in there and shit. And I remember they, you know, you could get the dollar dabs, two, three, four dollar, five dollar dabs. And, you know, obviously the closer you got to ten dollar dabs, it was like, yo, that's really good shit. You know what I mean? Or it was it was just going to be a really fat ass dab. Right. And so I remember being like, OK, so this is like a four dollar dab. This is an eight dollar dab. All right, what's the best dab you've had? And it was a seventeen dollar dab. Oh, fancy. I'll never forget the number because 17, why $17, right? It was something like a rainbow sherbet remember, or like a, a – remember forum cut cookies? Mm-hmm. It was like a rainbow forum cut kind of cookies. And I remember doing that shit, bro, and I got the immediate hot sweats, cold sweats, went – stumbled to the bathroom, spent four or five minutes in there hacking on my lungs, throwing up, you know, kind of shit. Walk back out there, and my eyes are like this, can't see shit, just crying. Oh my God. And then I sat in my car for like an hour, bro. I couldn't drive. I was legitimately dab drunk. Dabbed out, bro. It, yeah. it's, it's real. You know, I remember those early dabs. The, the concentrates were very murky and dark. Probably, you know, not probably for sure. Not most of them not purged right, correctly. Um, and then what's funny is, you know, when I, we were t- when I was talking to – you weren't on that episode, but when I interviewed Brad from 710 Labs, he said, you know, he, he brought up the fact that everyone's initial memories to dabs are like that because we weren't doing properly clean dabs and we were taking them so hot. So almost everybody's initial experience with dabs was absolutely terrible. And then we spoke that to people. So you either heard it, saw it, or experienced it. So just the, the, the perception around dabbing was very negative. It's a very harsh, a very intense thing. And he said, as you know, he pointed out as dabs have evolved, now you get a nice quality dab, live resin, you take it at a low temp. He was like, he said, if the right person serves you up the right little size dab at the right temperature, you will not cough. It'll be super smooth and you'll have an enjoyable high and experience, which that really, that, hey, that honestly, that conversation with him really helped me be like, all right, maybe I should start revisiting dabs because I'm a heavy consumer, but I'm not a dabber. But my experiences with dabs were these hot, heavy dabs that made me cough and sweat and were not enjoyable. Let me break it to you like this. I'm going to just throw this one out there. If you were dabbing with Jared Michaelman at any point over the last 10 years, you were taking hot dabs. (laughs) (laughs) Jared, where are you at, bro? Where are you at, man? Shots fired, dog. You taught all. You taught us all how to dab. You got us all into dabbing, bro. You taught us all hot dabs. <laughs> that, is, that is hilarious. And Jared, Jared Levitt, comment. I just saw the comments. I was sleeping. Jared Levitt, if you're still here, Jared, he said he got to get a, a booth at one of those events. Like Kushdog, man, let us know. Uh, we can help point you in the right direction to some of the dope ones that are happening in Cali. Joey's got his his finger on the pulse. Munson, what's up, bro? And then Fred's in here waiting for RMR Dab Fest. We might have to do that. Now that I'm actually taking dabs, I'm not participating or taking dabs in public or anything like that. But now that I'm participating, we could get behind some sort Man, of dab. I'm going head to head. I don't care if I lose. I'm still getting in the ring. Fred, you can see me, dog. I'm coming at you until I die on the dabs. Bobby oh, yeah. Adams, Bobby Adams, Fred, 
motherfucking who else? Who else is out there? That uh, 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 Young Crown. Uh, I'm gonna need to he's, see. He's down in Matt Mart. He he can he can hold his own. I'm gonna need to see everybody. We need to get all the true dabber dab heads out. And we need to get them all. Scott, McKin- Scott McKinley, two of the Dabros, bro. That that guy takes like when I'm on the phone with him or whenever I see him, that man is taking dabs just throughout his day. He takes. There's a lot of players in the industry out there, man. We got to shout out, man. They, they're, they're actually real consumers. They don't just run their companies. They know the real products, man. They know what the real good shit really is. They buy the shit. They sell the shit. They try it. They preach it, man. We got to get them. Dab Fest coming soon, man. I don't know when. I don't know where. We, the work starts today. Yeah, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do dab fest with uh you know the dab the dab roast man. Maybe we'll do a little collab thing. Ooh, hey, come on, man! The little the little dab roast fest. We could we could yeah we might be able to set it up, bro. See 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 you want to go ahead ahead with some people? We could uh set it up March Madness style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for real though, I'd li- I'd love to see people take gram dabs to the fucking face, and then not just do live resin or diamonds. I want to see all the different kinds, man. Yeah, I want to see, bro. I want to see them all. I want to see someone take a gram, one gram, two gram, three gram dabs. Uh, uh, did you see the video on High Rise the other day? They posted with a dabbing maniac. The dude, they said that in like an hour, he did like twenty or thirty grams. He dropped the uh, like the cube in there, right? It was uh, the the crystal. He just dropped that fat. He had to like melt its way into it, and then yes. it was, the whole thing was filled up. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Yeah, that's uh, yes, yeah, heavy. Cody just tapped in. What's up, Cody? Cody Banks, camera. What up, bruh? What's good? What's good? What's good, everybody? Thanks up for there. hanging out with us, man. It's the Armar up Podcast, there. episode seventeen. Episode 17, man, Armar Podcast. I'm rolling up some Claiborne cannabis. Y'all check in. I'm rolling up some DNA genetics. This is a big fire. This is a big fire right now. So you're so you're flying out to LA in two days. We got Hazy LA 710 event. Um, it's gonna be lit. We're doing the live podcast the whole ep- the whole time. We just got confirmation today from Cura Lee for the podcast. Well, yes, someone from Select should be there. Someone from uh, Ember Valley slash Glasshouse, I believe, should be there. I think Shice Bubs might come hop on there. We got some special guests coming in, man. I hope y'all are ready, man. Should be a dope time. Anyone in L.A. that wants to pull up Saturday? um, Tap in with us. Tap in with us. Anybody in L.A., anybody who's trying to fly out, get a ticket right now. And there's a couple, there's a couple Seattle people just in the music industry, uh, you know, some people from the music scene up here that are already in LA that I talked to. I don't want to throw any names, but some people from up, up from the music scene out here uh, are down there doing some studio work, saying they're going to slide. That's fucking lit. Let's go. Yeah, open invite, open invite. Come fuck with us on the podcast, man. We're gonna just have it up and running. We're gonna be getting it in. I'm gonna be smoking fat joints like this, but I'm gonna infuse all them bitches. I got live resin to infuse them. I got diamonds to infuse them going in i got bro look at this i got sparkling cannabis infused mimosas y'all don't want none of this i literally i literally just lost a whole bag of cannabis infused jello shots where are they they? were they pre-packaged or were they on the home where are they they're pre-packaged bro where did they go where can someone toss me a ladder by chance is there anybody that can hook me up help it out you got a ladder on your letters. Letter, letter, letter. Someone? 
my production assistants are letting me down. This is horrible. He's I, gotta like, get oh, I got so much weed, but I got no lighter. No lighters. Justin's in your motel. Jesus. It's a cold game, man. It's a cold game. It's a cold game when you got to get your own lighter on your own podcast, man. <laughs> the privilege. So, yeah, to bring it full circle, right? We're talking about. We talk about the history of 710, our first experience with 710, and now what we're doing on 710. For the history, what or, – or, or for the people out there, what is your opinion on 710? What are your just general thoughts on 710? We have a unique history on 710. I don't know if you know this. But RMR's first year in the cannabis industry, bro, remember we had Olium come through to the house on 710. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. They came through, we taught RMR about dabs and all their oil, and they also taught the Diego fam about that shit. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And then we've thrown a 710 event or two. Um, I personally, I think it's stupid. <laughs> uh, as a holiday or whatever, I just think it's a weird thing. But, um, but you know, shout out people being able to take things and commercialize the fuck out of them. I mean, you do dumb shit for Valentine's Day and your birthday and other shit. Dog, I don't know what you're talking about. My birthday is a national holiday. Um, I treat that shit like Diddy. I'm in all white, popping champagne with sparklers. Popularizing, uh, popularizing dumb shit. No, <laughs> but no, I mean exactly. I mean to eat to each their own. Uh, but it is a weird, it is a weird holiday that popped out of nowhere. Um, I see a bunch of people just jumped in, in the last couple minutes, but um, uh, you know. We were talking about the history of 710. It doesn't really have much of a history. It just kind of popped up out of nowhere and has been commercialized. Um, if we could, if we could make it a cooler part of the culture, see, this is this is like this is like Americanized Cinco de Mayo. It's like it's like it became too popular and too trendy and too much about just selling shit, and it became less about the culture. So if 710 can become more about that stuff again, you know, just People getting together, safe place to sesh, maybe a place to do sales, maybe a festival again or whatever it is. Then I feel like we can get right back to where it was. But at this point, it's really just people running sales. And I think like the rest of the country, like not on the West Coast, but like, you know, all these other newer states where I think it's a little less strict in terms of like the events. You know what I mean? Uh, Like Michigan and Oklahoma are still having a great time. Ohio, Chicago, still having a great time with events, right? right? But for a lot of the other states that have been doing this for a minute, it's tied down. We need to get, we need to get, the, we need to bring that culture, bring that energy back. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I guess I mean I said I was hating on it, but like you know, we said we have all these experiences and, and events on Seven Ten, and so I think it is cool sometimes to just you know I like getting people together, the community together, and so if Seven Ten does that, it's all right with me. Should I'm flying out to LA just to do some, you know, Seven Ten Fest? So shout out that I guess shout out Seven Ten for you know bringing people together. Man, and shout out and shout out my man, you know Dylan Fout too for the shirt, bro. Look at the do you do you see the, the man? Come on, bro. You rocking the Dylan Fowl? I'm rocking the Chase Fade. Are we just are we just rocking videographer shirts right now, man? I'm or trying to know? rock. I'm trying to. I'm not. I'm. Only, I'm actually. You know what, bro? I, I quit respect my region. I'm literally just gonna start rocking. I'm. I'm Dylan Fowl's first all time model, full time. All time model. Well, all time. All time. Full time. Well, if you're the if you're the main model, that clothing that clothing line's uh, in trouble, man. So damn, I've been running. Pretty, need some prettier people, uh, man. So I mean. 
you know, I think that's that's about it for right now. Um, I mean, I guess other yeah, habits. The other yeah, we got, we, we, yeah, yeah, we've been we've been updating the Spotify playlist, y'all. Go follow the Spotify playlist. Uh, low key fire, Cali fire, Washington fire, high key bars, fresh drops. We cover EDM, rap. Uh, there's some good stoner music in there. There's some good insp- inspirational music in there. The Nipsey Hustle playlist that we have is almost at a thousand followers. Go tap in with that. There's some new music there. Um, the Jay Z song with him just got remastered, so that's dope to see that. Uh, that shit's fire. Um, there's yeah, there's a bunch of dope new music on there. Big shout out to the the team that we have right now. Hannah, Sean, uh, we're rocking with Calm. We're rocking with motherfucking uh, what is that? Alex over there. Jason. We got Isaiah, Taylor. Man, there's so many people on the team right now doing great work. Just want to do sh- uh, do some quick shout out, love some love. Matt, Brad, um, man, we got Justin Curry in the building right now. We're all making moves. Winston, uh, everybody, we love you all. We're going to keep it pushing. We got some cool things in the works. 710 Saturday, uh, North American Weed Tour starts August 1st, technically, with August 2nd being the first official day I'll be reviewing things. Um, so stay tuned for that. We already have a bunch of podcast episodes scheduled and we'll be getting more and more brands on as we go. So let us know if you guys have a cannabis company or a product or a strain or a grow you guys want to see. We will get them involved if we can. That's about it. RMR Podcast. We'll see you next time. Love you guys. Peace.